Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zayn. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spencer. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. My name is Ro Moran. That guy you just heard was Rowan A.S.H. Below me, not literally, is Emil A.S.H., who is in Dunder Mifflin at the moment. Otika ata sa Dunder Mifflin yun, eh? Yeah. And we are here tonight. San is not with us because he has some big boy stuff to do tonight. And Chino is still not with us because he is in a different part of the world. And in that part of the world, it is currently around 3 or 4 a.m. So before we get into, you know, the usual talk, how are you guys? How's everyone? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm having my first week of the two-week break. I just had my finals exam last week. And thankfully, I passed my uh, subjects that I was afraid of failing off. Congrats, congrats. How how are things at Dunder Mifflin? <laughs> things are fine. Uh, everything is fine. Third week or fourth week ko na dito sa Manila. Just spending some time here closer to family. So everything is good. Everything's great. Yeah. Hope we can, you know, have you here for a longer term, you know, but you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, hello, everyone. Good evening. It's a pretty sad week in wrestling, all things involved. And we'll be talking about all of that. Don't worry, we will help you process all of your feelings for our dearly departed friend, Jay Briscoe. But before all of that, Champa, we got to do a little housekeeping at first. We have to talk about our Patreon program. We are still figuring out what to do, but we have settled on this little thing for WWE Premium Live Events. What we'll be doing is we know that you have your Disney Plus subscriptions. Most of you do because it's really affordable. But you might be missing the live party atmosphere that you usually get when you're doing a live watch party with us at Skinny Mike. So we won't be doing that yet because we don't know how reliable the platform is. But if it does turn out to be great moving forward, then we'll think about doing those live watch parties in person. But until then, we can only offer you a place where you can banter and trade your feelings with fellow wrestling fans like myself, Rowan, Emil, Stan while he's working. And a whole bunch of other guys as well. You can do that by subscribing to our Patreon program, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. 
for as low as five dollars. Uh, that's only two hundred and seventy-five pesos. So it's that cheap. You can still afford it. You get access to our Discord community where we talk about a whole bunch of things like sports, TV shows. We share memes, talk about sneakers. And we talk about wrestling as well and where we do the watch parties. And you also get exclusive review content, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, Rampage, pay-per-views of both WWE and AW, live events here in the Philippines, Care of Rowan, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And you also get merch. We have our face mask. We just sent out a face mask to one of our friends who signed up for our Patreon program. And then, siempre, we have Pasabais as well. One of our friends as well just got spotted outside wearing a Kenny Omega shirt. And he got asked, And he said, with us when we buy from WWE shop, shop AEW, pro wrestling tees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ninong Derv says the $10 is, no, it's $5, Ninong Derv. So the $5 is cheaper than a kilo of onions here in the Philippines. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast for as low as $5. The URL is ticking down at the bottom. Go check it out and please support us if you like what we do. All right, uh, time to get to business. So yesterday we learned some pretty sad news. When we found out, we were up in Adam. We were going about our morning, whether it was at work or at school or at home. Tony Khan tweeted all of a sudden that Jim Pugh or Jay Briscoe suddenly passed away. And it was a shock. I say the guy had just tweeted five hours before Tony Khan made the announcement. And then we found out it was because of a car accident. And then the police report said that two people died in the car crash, uh, Jay and the other driver. And his children, his two daughters, are in critical condition in the hospital. And turns out that Jay was not wearing a seatbelt. And whether or not, I mean, I don't think it makes a difference at this point. Because I, I guess it was a pretty bad enough crash that would cause this kind of fatality. And it's just pretty sad. As you guys know, as most of you know, Jay is still the half of the current Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. They just won the championships from FDR last month. And it's just pretty bad. Everyone is shocked. It goes to show that tomorrow, or not even later today, is guaranteed. So, I mean, I want to talk about Jay first. I was a fan of the Briscoes because I had decided to follow early 2010's Ring of Honor. And that was when they were starting to come into their own. The late 2000s Ring of Honor was still all about the single stars that you guys know right now. So, you know, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Brian Danielson. And then now, in that period, it was all about the Briscoes. And the Briscoes were so good that they were the pillars of the Ring of Honor tag team division. And Jay was also so good that they ended up giving him a singles push and making him the ROH world champion at one point. So that's how good he is. That's how legendary he is. And to be still that relevant, even after that time, even after a long time, goes to show you how good he really was. But we don't just remember people because they were good wrestlers. We just also remember them because they were good people. And by all accounts, Jay was apparently a pretty good guy backstage and everybody loved him. And it's things like this that make this loss even more sad and even harder. So uh, I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to talk a little about Jay Briscoe. Okay, so actually, you know, Ro, I was asleep when uh, the news broke out. Right, right, right. Because I work like in the night. So and then uh, immediately after work, 
you know, I sleep. So when I first thing I woke up in the afternoon and it hit me like a truck because also the same feeling I had when Kobe died, it was all of, out of nowhere. And also when Brody Lee died. So yung mga talagang hindi naasahan na, na nangyari. And it was shocking. I mean, looking at his Twitter, he was just tweeting hours before that. So it was also because of a, a car accident. So napaka unfortunate lang because Jay Briscoe is one of the staples of the generation of the mid 2000s until like mid 2010s. No, he was one of the guys, one of the well-known independent wrestlers. And when you hear the term Ring of Honor, the first name I think that pops into my head is Jay Briscoe. You could argue he was the franchise player of Ring of Honor until Tony Khan bought it last year. I mean, he still is uh, up until his untimely demise. Of course, there are more popular wrestlers out there that started and made their names in Ring of Honor, but all of them left for greener pastures. But Jay was the one who stuck with the company through and through, and he became the number one guy for Ring of Honor during the 2010s, whether it was teaming with his brother Mark, with the Briscoes, who he shared 13 Ring of Honor tag team titles with, or just being a singles guy competing for the ROH World title and you know for the ROH TV title on a consistent basis. Now, you can say that he is Mr. Ring of Honor, but unfortunately, there is a reason why major companies, wrestling companies, didn't get him during his prime. It was because of the controversial comments he made a few years ago or a decade ago. But I'm not going to let that define his life and his career because he apologized for it. He was accountable for his actions and he changed for the better. And that's a major character development. And for me, that is just a big of an accomplishment as anything that he did in the ring. So, napaka untimely ng talaga ng pagkawala ni Jay Briscoe because I think yung paparating na TV show ng Ring of Honor, TK was going to center it around the Briscoes because TK had the Briscoes win the tag team titles at Final Battle. So there were really plans for the Briscoes to continue appearing under the Ring of Honor banner. So prayers to the family. I hope that the girls are safe. And also to his brother, Mark. Again, it's a tough thing to deal with death. So rest in peace to Jay Briscoe. Yeah. Uh, Mark's birthday won't be the same anymore. Yeah, but about Jay Briscoe, I not career niya. And I kind of regret not watching one of his final matches, which is you that... You still watch it. I mean, like it's not like it's live and it's gone forever. Yeah, I mean, it's still shocking to me then. Because when a wrestler who is active competing, who's in the prime of their career, just like what Emil said, like Brody Lee and Noon way back, see Eddie Guerrero. It's just really shocking that Jay Briscoe died. All I can say is, I wish I watched Ring of Honor. I was more open-minded back then. Ako kasi, nakuha ako sa intimidation with their presence. I think they look too violent, kaya hindi ako nanood ng Ring of Honor. I do regret it. But yeah, as for the things that he said in the past, what's important is that he owned up uh, to his mistakes from the past and he was accountable for it. That's all I can say. Yeah, so uh, Glendale was asking earlier, about why they were banned from TV. So you mentioned the Emil was about his comments about homosexuality, about the LGBT. Uh, that's why they were banned from TV. Somebody from Warner Brothers, the parent company of TBS, NT, 
didn't want them to be on AEW programming. So that's why you could only see them on ROH pay-per-views. And that's the reason why the Jay Briscoe tribute show, which they taped earlier today, could not be on TV. I guess that's why they couldn't make this week's Dynamite a tribute show. Because somebody from Warner Brothers still doesn't trust Jay Briscoe. It's sad because a lot of people vouch for him and say that he's not that guy anymore. And he has actually apologized many times for those comments. And it's almost sad that he got canceled by the powers that be without even getting a second chance. And it's even sadder that he's already gone and they couldn't give him that chance. But in so. That's pretty tough. But the good thing is you can watch the Jay Briscoe tribute show on ROH, I think, later this week or this weekend. I know they'll be putting that up for free. So, yeah, we don't know what will how they'll go on from here. But the wrestling world really suffered a great loss in the death of Jay Briscoe. Leo, I think, sa tribute show nila gagawin yung 10 bell salute. But yes, it was pretty sad that they couldn't do a 10 bell salute on Dynamite. And the most they can do was wear the J armband. Yeah, so stay tuned for the YouTube show. I think we should acknowledge that there was a segment book for NXT na hindi yeah, na, yeah. na sadly nag-coincide sa death ni Jay Briscoe. It was supposed to be like a funeral segment regarding pretty deadly's number one contender title reign or parang ganun, number one contender for the NXT tag titles hosted by the New Day. Props to them na they didn't hesitate to cancel that segment agad. And I also like that Kahit hindi kilala si Jay Briscoe in the WWE, I think, inacknowledge siya ng commentators and they paid their respects for the death of Jay Briscoe. I also like Triple H acknowledging it on Twitter. Like, you also kind of can tell that Triple H was scouting the Briscoes for NXT because he keeps tabs on the indie world a lot more than Vince does. And Vince would have never let him or the NXT guys mention Jay Briscoe on air because, well, the hell is Jay Briscoe? He doesn't give a shit about the world outside. But okay, let's move on. And speaking of Vince, so it was reported earlier this week that Vince McMahon is back in the office. But still, let's reiterate that he is not back as the head of creative. I'm sure that if you saw Raw this week, that was still pretty much a Triple H production. That was still a Triple H written show. The rumors are saying that Vince is only giving suggestions to creative. And then it is up to Triple H whether he wants to take those suggestions or not. And it's also worth noting that nobody involved with the show wants him back. The wrestlers don't want him back. The production doesn't want him back. Creative doesn't want him back. Maybe Kevin Dunn is the only person who really wants him back. And that if he comes back to creative, I think a lot of the wrestlers may, a huge emphasis on may, they may walk out of the company. So uh, that is a lot of bad feelings toward Vince. And I think that even if you're as stubborn as Vince, I don't think you want to risk jeopardizing your show because you have some major heat with the roster. I mean, like, not even he can pull it off. Because hey, who are you going to get to run the show if nobody wants you there? Right? If, if, if everybody walks up because you came back. Uh, what do you guys think? Emil, what do you think of this news? Do you think Vince is only a matter of time before he takes over Triple H's job? Uh, honestly, I'm kind of Because the fact that Triple H have to uh, reiterate to the talent that 
he's still in charge. Vince is not coming back. When you say it multiple times, you, you're kind of leading into yeah, maybe maybe it's not true. Maybe Vince is on his way back, uh, which I really don't like. Again, we had a few months of Triple H being in control of creative, and it's been a hell of a lot better product than it was under Vince McMahon, especially in the last six months or so. Yun lang, yun lang yung detail na... Pero, you know, looking into it a bit more than a lot of people do is that, you know, he had to meet with the talent on both shows and he keeps repeating it. And people keep repeating that creative for now is still under Triple H. You may not know in a few months or a few weeks if it's still going to be the same. But medyo nakakatakot yung fact that Vince is back in the office. Ponti-unti yung nangyayari. Last week, it was Vince back in the WWE. And then he suddenly, he's now the executive chairman again. And then now this week, he's back in office. So what else could happen in the next few weeks or months? Like now, we're saying that he's not going to be, like he's not going to interfere with creative. But again, he is in position of power and of control. He, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. So, kung natripan niya na bumalik sa creative, he can do that. And that is a scary thing uh, to think about. Oh, Rowan. Natatawa ko with what you said, Rowan, oh, Vince is suggesting, pero tignan natin kung papayag si Triple H. I can just imagine para siyang salipusang groupmate sa project who is suggesting tapos hindi naman natutuloy yung maganda niyang suggestion, quote-unquote. But yeah, sabi na rin ni Emil yung sasabihin ko. Like, nakakatakot that Vince could go back to creative and ruin everything. And with that, uh, it could lead to walk out. And ako, hindi naman sa natatakot. Parang, oh, this is interesting. Kasi imagine if those stars that walked out, kahit dun sa, ano pa lang, dun sa Saudi deal na, na fake news, kahit dun pa lang, I wonder if these stars walked out, how much would the programming be affected and the storylines would be affected? Like, sobrang gulo, magkaka-revolution dyan for sure. And yeah, I think it's inevitable. Sadly, it's bound to happen. Uh, Vince might go back to creative and he might even show up on Raw 3 next week. Yeah, uh, there is always that risk. Who knows? Um, I mean, although Getskerman, if he shows up at Raw 30, because it is the 30th anniversary of Raw and he did create Raw. So that much right. together, that's fine. He can appear on screen, but he can't run the show. So that's still his son-in-law's job. Somebody also mentioned here, uh, see Fred, you know, he mentioned that there are a lot of cases rising against him. Uh, they are being brought forward. So it's also a matter of, even though he has controlling power, there is still a degree of strategy that you have to consider before you um, go back. It's uh, like I said, you, know, you just can't go back and assume that everything is fine the way you left it because it's not. It's been six months. People have been free to air their displeasure toward uh, Vince McMahon. And since he's not the boss anymore, or he wasn't the boss for six months, they can say whatever they want to say about him and they can feel whatever they want to feel about him. And by all measures and standards, everything was a lot better without him. So um, let's see if he's going to not finesse this at all. Anything else you guys wanted to add about the Vince situation before we go to break? The fact that the talent are you know afraid or they don't want Vince to come back speaks volumes to how bad creative was under Vince McMahon's uh, control. Siguro in the last 
two years of Vince being in charge. You could tell, like, even the talent knows how bad it is under Vince. And yun parang, parang alam mo na na, eh, talagang ayaw na ng tao na bumalik si Vince whatsoever, especially on the creative side. So, yun. Saying hey to Matt Scott of the Wrestling Rehap Up, and he says, thankfully, Vince is only getting older and older. Well, he's not getting old fast enough. So, uh, when is Father Time going to catch up? Uh, he still got legs. So, we can only hope. All right. Uh, it's time for a break. Before we get into the past week of wrestling, let's take a break and listen and hear from our fellow podcast from Podcast Network Asia. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right. No Kumu. Uh, I've stopped airing on Kumu because, uh, I don't know, that doesn't pay any dividends. We will try something different by next week. We have something being prepared. Once we you know, iron it out, and we hope that it would be a better, bigger platform, if you will, for the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Okay, let's move forward and uh, talk about the events from last week's SmackDown. Okay, so we talked about this on the uh, Picks of the Week episode, which we dropped last Tuesday. And if you haven't listened to that, you should go listen to that. Because we we go into this a little more in depth. But we'll talk about it like, you know, with you guys. Because I'm sure that you guys want to talk about it as well. So last Friday on SmackDown, we had Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. You know, for a chance, and need him for a chance, but for Sami Zayn to soften up Kevin Owens before he faces Roman Reigns next week at the Royal Rumble. And the match was going swimmingly. In fact, uh, Sami was about to win. It looked like he was about to deliver the finishing blow before the Usos and Todo Sokoa interfered and trashed Kevin Owens, leading to the DQ. And then Sami acted the, the hell off by uh, selling Jung Despernia about not being given the chance to finish it and his bafflement, if you will, at the fact that the bloodline doesn't seem to trust him to get the job done. So a lot of good acting all around and it shows you that things are not as well as they seem over at the Island of Relevancy. Rowan, as the resident SmackDown reviewer, what did you think of all this about where the story was going? So the match itself, I just want to say that it's one of the only few good matches that ended via disqualification due to interference. It has to happen. There's a reason. It has a purpose why it happened because it is to add drama between Sammy, Kevin, and then with the bloodline. So dapat makikita nyo rin with storylines is that yung facial reactions. Like the tiny details, dapat pinapansin nyo rin yun eh. So yun yung napansin ko kay Sami Zayn. 
he has this look in his face na I'm about to win. I, I want to win fairly. I, I don't want your help. I, I don't want you guys to interfere in my business. I think this should be between me and Kevin Owens. Pero in the end, parang ano, he's trying his best na makisama with the bloodline even though parang labag sa kalooban niya. Which is good. And I love this drama. I can't wait for the Royal Rumble actually. I, I wonder how the finish of Kevin versus Roman would look like. Yeah. yeah, I think it's gonna be different from the last time they faced each other. Okay, Emil, what do you think? Um, who is turning on who? Is Sammy turning face against the Bloodline, or is the Bloodline turning even more heel against Sammy? Who is gonna beat the other to the fur to the punch? I actually said this now on uh, I think last week's uh, stream and also on the on the pick of the week episode. No. At this point, now it's more clearer to me that it's gonna be Sami Zayn who's gonna turn on the bloodline because the bloodline is just using him for their advantage. In Sami's mind, he belongs to the bloodline, but for the bloodline, parang ginagamit lang siya. And the sooner he realizes that, the sooner he's gonna snap on the bloodline, it's gonna be glorious for, for all of us to see. Yung analysis ko kasi dito sa storyline na to, no, is like, Roman is okay with Sammy like just being another guy who hangs around him. Like one of his posse or, or whatever. Now, he can't take it that Sammy is starting to get over with the fans and starting to get more cheers than him. I think that's also why he's gonna have the Acknowledge Me ceremony next week on, on Raw. Purely for ego purposes of his character. But Yon, uh, going back to Sami Zayn, no? Para kung sa movie umabot tayo sa conflict eh. Papalapit na tayo sa climax and the climax I think will happen at the time between the rumble and the chamber and it's going to be Sami turning on the bloodline. And uh yung sinabi ko nga din last week no, the the scenario that I'm making up in my mind is both Sami and Roman is going to be inside the chamber and it will go down to a point where it's going to be just Roman and Sami in the ring and ano mangyayari yon I feel like so just fantasy booking at this point pero point means I think Sami will turn on the bloodline okay so okay. Um, my only thing is that Roman tends to be written as someone who makes really weird decisions. Because on one hand, they try to paint him as a tribal chief that streets ahead. But a lot of the times, he makes these really weird, hot-headed decisions that undermine him. But still, I guess it makes sense. um, He hits two birds with one stone here in that Kevin Owens gets beaten up really badly. And then he also gets to fuck with Sami Zayn in his head. So, okay, I I can see that, I guess. And... I want to see what they do this week on Friday. I guess that's the whole thing that they managed to get us to do here. So kudos to them and kudos to Sammy as well for acting the hell out of this segment. If anything, this uh, solidifies my desire to see him win at WrestleMania. Because at this point, how do you not root for Sami Zayn and not expect him or not want him to get the biggest prize in WWE? All right, let's move on. On Raw a few days ago, we finally got a confirmation that Cody Rhodes is officially entering the Men's Royal Rumble match 2023. First question I will throw to the jury. Was it a good idea that they announced Cody ahead of time before the Rumble? Anyone can start. Oh, I want to start on this one. So, you know, 
if they announce someone or whether they announce someone or they don't, parang yung element of surprise si Rana rin eh. Kasi even if they don't announce it, parang people would talk about it. They would make predictions that, oh, Cody would be back. Actually, it's not really much of a prediction. Parang it's written on the wall now. It's really obvious na babalik si Cody. So they might as well na announce it right ahead. Like, wala nang special presentation on the Royal Rumble. They can just uh, say it right now that Cody will enter. I mean, it's not like, oh, Cody's gonna win. It's just Cody is gonna return. That's it. Okay. So you are leaving space for the Holy Spirit and saying that it's not a lock that Cody's winning. Um, I would say, ako gusto kong manalo si Cody, personally. Pero, that's not what they're saying. It's, it's just not, it's not what they're saying. Okay, but for me, that's what I want to happen, but it might not happen. Okay. Uh, Emil, what do you think? Should they have left him as a surprise? Originally, um, when I was making the notes for this episode, Angmasa notes Kodita is I think it's fine that they announce him beforehand and have these vignettes to build up his upcoming return because they did the same for Triple H in 2002. They built him up. And have this vignette, and then he returned to that amazing pop in MSG that led him all the way to winning the Royal Rumble that year. Because alam nadi naman ng tao na babalik si Cody at the Rumble eh. Like the moment he got injured at Hell in a Cell, people were already fantasy booking him returning at the Rumble. So might as well just you know let the cat out of the bag. But I saw this video earlier uh, before the show of the return of John Cena in. 2008, 2008, yeah. And like, like, that would have exploded the place if they went that route. So, <laughs> you know, but, but, nangyari na yung nangyari. it was already announced, like, his return towards uh, the Rumble. And, but, sayang, we could have gotten another Cena moment because it's almost the same circumstances. Like, he tore his spec. Cena also had a torn pack that projected that he was going to be out to, like, a year. And then he, Return, you know, young recovery time was, was shorter than that. So we could have had that, but we already know that he was going to come back at the Rumble. We were already picturing it once he got injured. So I guess it's a good thing. Just build him up, have these vignettes for his uh, Rumble return. So my take on it is I think he just wanted the attention. Like, uh, we all know Cody. We know that he wanted to be in the top company of the world, he wanted to have the spotlight on him. So he was denied that when he was preparing to go to WrestleMania when he returned to the company. So now, now that they already got that surprise pop out of the way, I think he wanted to do it right this time and tell everyone beforehand that hey, this is what I'm doing. I want you to vocally anticipate me at the Royal Rumble. So that's just my amateur psychological reading into what he did. Right though, Emil. Um, every, you're right in saying that everyone already predicted him to be appearing at the Rumble, but also because he fed those rumors. I think he didn't really shut up about it. I think he had Brandy talk about it. Right? Brandy said that he was looking fine. I think it was sometime last month. So I think he really just wanted the attention for it. It's weird to say because I don't want to trash Cody or anything, but it sounds like a very Cody thing to do. You know. I think they already announced this in advance because Cody Rhodes is not going to be the surprise entrant in the Rumble. It's going to be The Rock. 
<laughs> who's gonna be the surprise that yeah I, I knew I knew that that's where the the conversation was going but let's talk about that All right. next week when we're actually All predicting right. the, the event <laughs> same same yeah but we'll talk about that next week so yeah, right. there's All a lot right. to be said about that and we will not waste it tonight because I mean next week alright so yeah let's move on to the next slide so on Raw, the footprints of the Hurt business have been seen all over the show. It's not just a backstage segment anymore in which MVP tried to woo Bobby Lashley, but it's also MVP getting involved in his tag match between the Street Profits and Cedric and Shelton. He also brought Omos out to help Lashley in the six-pack main event. So it's more obvious than ever that the Hurt business are going to be reforming as a unit and it's only a matter of when and not if so i think by the rumble or after the rumble rowan you had feelings about this tag match oh yeah so i was watching this and when it was promoted on the show i was like okay i think slowly babalik na talaga ang hurt business it's really confirmed they're gonna win and they need this win I was like, what the hell? Why? If you're going to build someone up, like if you're going to build up na babalik na sila, you might as well give them the win, diba? Like It just doesn't make sense for me. Uh, the street, is there something at stake then? Uh, so wala, it's for, for hurt business, siguro. Pero for the street profits, wala naman. So yun lang hindi gets. Yeah, that was super weird. I thought they were building up the hurt business and even though they kind of get built up, built when they had a good showing, the fact that they lost, especially with MVP's interference, was not a good look at all. So that, that just kind of undid the great effort that they made in that match. So at least aligned tayo Emil, do you think Omas joining the Hurt Business is a good idea? Yes. I was actually happy when Omas was there to help Bobby Lashley because although yung reaction ni Bobby Lashley, like, he feuded with Omas not too long ago, but I liked it because we talked about this when the rumors of the Hurt Business returning came up. We talked about it on the show, and I think I was the one who asked, what are the prospects of Omos joining the Hurt Business? And we all said that it's going to be good because he can be you know, the muscle. He can be the true muscle of the Hurt Business. And for me, with the Hurt Business, and I'm glad they're, they're going this direction because there's so much they can do with Omas being there. So, plus, it's also going to be beneficial for Omas, who has been, you know, he's been stuck uh, ever since Triple H took over. So, ever since Triple H became in charge of creative. And now I think this gives him something to work on. And I'm just glad that. Even though hindi pa nangyayari, he's going to be a part of it once it happens. Yeah. I also think that Omos would be a good fit for the Hurt Business because it's for veterans of the ring. And a guy who needs as much seasoning as Omos will only be good for his career. Diba? I want the Hurt Business to be a thing. I want them to be a great thing, a great stable because Vince McMahon never really knew what to do with them. And I think Triple H does. A Triple H led or a Triple H written Hurt business is, you know, good for business, all things considered. So we're waiting. Yes, go ahead. Uh, a lot of people are mentioning Batista here. And sinabi mo nga, there are four veterans in hurt business. And do you think, kung magme-mentor sila kay Omos, do you think he will be like the next Batista? Like, um, in a sense. No, because they're not the same type. 
I think, you know, Omos is in the mold of like a great Kali, not oh, right. Batista. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to add about the Hurt business? Anything you want to uh, get off your chest? Uh, yung sa Omos, yung question ni Rowan, I want to answer yeah. that. Omos, I think, once he improves in the ring, he can be in the same role as Braun Strowman. Like, he's going to be, if you need a big guy match, you can go to Omos. And he, he can pull it off the same way as Braun Strowman can work like a big man match as well. So, wala pa si Omos doon. He's, he's still green in the ring. I mean, he's just been wrestling for, like, how many years? So, him being surrounded by veterans, it's going to be beneficial for him. Yeah, I agree. That's a... Uh... Pretty much the consensus here. Okay, next item on the slide from AEW today. A lot of things happened, but a big storyline thing happened in that uh, Soraya and Tony Storm, both WWE alumni, turned on Willow Nightingale and I think Hikarushida by by association. So I saw this coming. I mean, I saw this coming because I saw the show after I saw the tweets and they were pr- pretty much giving it away. It's a segment that they did with Hikarushita backstage before the match. And it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting shift that they made. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Emil. What did you think of this, uh, this turn that was written by Tony Khan? I like it. <laughs> I like it because they were already booed last week in their tag match, The Forum, when Dynamite was in The Forum. And parang common sense had to just turning heel because they were getting heel reactions anyway. And people are really behind Britt Baker and Jamie Hader lately. So, I don't know. Parang common sense for me. And plus, it also gives, parang ano if there's going to be a double turn and Britt and Jamie turn faces, people are just going to be behind them more. And Soraya and Tony turn them heel. Instead of like doubling down on Soraya and Tony being baby faces, they will just get more booze and negative reactions to them. I like the move, and this is going to be a start of a storyline that will revolve everyone in the women's division. I think the problem was okay, they got booed last week, and then maybe they got booed before that, but there wasn't really a big reason for the sudden, for the sudden attitude change, you know. I think they were only booed because they were speculating that it was going to be Mercedes Monet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, that. Oh. sensitive of the crowd. Pero, and then if that is the reason for them to capitalize na magihil uh, turn na fully si Soraya and si Tony Storm, that's, that's just dumb for me. That doesn't work for me. Uh, there's no way to justify it. Something that I would say. Yeah, the, um, Tony Khan didn't really work hard for it. Like, yeah, you mentioned last week that they got booed because the partner wasn't Mercedes Monet. Uh, but is that really worth a heel turn? Just being booed for one night because you weren't who they expected you to be? Like, that's that's super weird. And I think that was a weird knee-jerk reaction that Tony Khan isn't really known for, you know? And it's weird that he decided to do this because he could have done it, but he could have done it in a better way. Like, if people really wanted to boo Soraya and Tony Storm, maybe you should give them a real reason to boo the two instead of just deciding now, okay, they're heels because they got booed last week. So this is sad. Um, maybe this is better off for them. Maybe uh, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker are better off as faces. But let's get to point B in a much better way. You know, it just sucks. At least they should have tried like Young Roman Reigns type of face run. 
na kahit binubu siya, like push them as faces, although they're getting booed, and then find the right time na gawin mo silang heel. That's what I would say. I don't think you need to push them as faces. I just think you need, if you really wanted to, to start the heel turn, you could have just decided to start a slow process into getting like there. A story. Yeah, and not not just okay. Uh, shit, na ano ako, na nagulat ako na binubupad sa dayon. dapat the baby faces ko. Bakad dapat iyan ako na. Bakad dapat iyan o i turn ko na sa dagat kasi they're failing. But you know it doesn't work like that. A properly run organization, a properly written story doesn't work like that. And it kind of goes to show you that. Uh, Tony Khan isn't really interested in telling a proper story here. They just want he just wants to find the next quick fix for the women because the women aren't really drawing as much as he wants. And that's sad, but that doesn't mean you can do whatever you want with them, you know. It's also a good thing then that Ruby Soho and uh Willow Nightingale did a good match with Ty JAS last Friday on Rampage, as as Ina mentions here, chat. That was fun. You guys should go watch it. That's a lot better women's storytelling than whatever is happening around here, around the main event. Just to show you where everything is happening. Just to properly contextualize everything, you know. Emil, did you have anything else to say about the points that I just raised? Like, I think also Jamie and Britt are getting more face reactions now. TK is afraid that wala nang main event credible heel that you could match with them. That's why he immediately turned Tony and Soraya into heels so that Jamie and Britt can uh, work with someone. So, but they rushed everything. They just did it in a span of one week without even like explaining further why, why they did it. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I thought they had something when uh, they got mad at Sheeta for bringing in the kendo stick. Like, that was a good catalyst for the turn, but that doesn't mean the turn should have happened already. They could have started mistreating or slowly bullying or, you know, low-key bullying Sheeta for doing that. Right? And then now Sheeta kind of looks like uh, the idiot here for everything that she did. But I hope she gets, like, uh, redemption for that. Last question for this. Uh, because the whole idea of the stable is that they are WWE alumni, is this still a setup for the possibly inevitable Mercedes Monet introduction? Oh, I want to answer this first. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, when it comes to AEW, just like last week, and even before, like, uh, they were teasing, or no, not teasing, before they were speculating that Mercedes will appear in, uh, on Dynamite. I lower my expectations. Like, I, I don't want to expect too much because I know I would be disappointed. And as you can see from last week, and daming nagboo because Mercedes Monet wasn't the partner of Soraya. So I would say Mercedes will not be involved in AEW for now. Okay, uh, Emil. The moment na she didn't arrive in AEW last week. That's when I knew that she's not going to come to AEW anytime soon. So I kind of ruled out na, that, uh, that that theory of Mercedes possibly being the leader of this like main event mafia they're trying to form. Plus, she, she could be like that leader, that big name for a stable like that. So, plus, again, yung gusto ni Mercedes is just to work 
Japan shows. Eh. So at this point, I don't think she's gonna come to AW at at some point. like I wonder if Tony Khan is not above saying that. Oh, pinano ko yun eh. Pinano kong itiz yung, yung crowd, yung fans na si Mercedes Monet yung darating. Tapos pinano ko na hindi siya, hindi siya lalabas. Tapos pinano ko na ibubunil sa Tony Storm. <laughs> and that's, that's how I planned the whole heel turn, you know? Anyway, what a mess. And as usual, as much as we want to uh, throw our lot or fully support Tony Khan, it's stunts like this that stop us from going all all in no pun intended with him all right uh before we talk about our last topic let's get into another break and hear from our fellow podcasts on podcast network asia mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market All right, we've got a little bit of time before we end the show, and we haven't done this in a while, so let's do this. It's Throwback Thursday, and as we all know, Raw 30 uh, is coming up next Monday. Oh, anyway, uh, we will talk about your favorite moments of Monday Night Raw over its 30-year history, and you know this is to warm us up for the 30th anniversary celebration next week, next Monday. So let's start. Who wants to go first? You guys have been watching Raw for only like a little under 10, a little over 10 years, right? So what are your favorite Raw moments from the time that you have been watching? For me, my favorite uh, Raw moments were the post-Mania Raw, Ross, um, over the last few years. But mainly for me, the, the two years, two post-Mania Raws where that were my favorites were 2012 and 2013. In 2012, we saw a lot of things that happened. I think that was also my favorite because that's when I just started becoming a wrestling fan and I was just so obsessed with everything WWE. And that's where the Yes Movement started. Like, Daniel Bryan didn't even appear on the show, but the crowd kept doing the Yes all throughout the show that even John Cena acknowledged it. and. That was so over that they had Brian go out post-show and address the crowd to send him home happy. And also, we saw the return of Brock Lesnar. I think that's awesome. The initial return of Brock Lesnar where um, he f 5 John Cena. And that was a cool moment. One of my favorites. And also in 2013, when the crowd went wild, they invented the... Fandangoing. Anybody remembers that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, 10 years. We're 10 years actually this year. And, um, and also we saw, I think one of also my, one of my favorite moments of Dolph Ziggler cashing in his money in the bank briefcase. That was such a cool moment. But again, also sad in hindsight because Dolph really never realized that potential of being a megastar that he once had so but that was a cool moment nonetheless and uh, 
another reason why post WrestleMania Raws are cool is because that's where we would see returns, call ups, like malaming surprises ang nabaon with post WrestleMania uh, Monday Night Raw episode. So yeah, all right, Rowan, what are your favorite moments on Raw? So ako, if you're gonna ask me that, ang, on top of my head would be something that I saw like few months within my wrestling fandom. So that would be the Nexus debut. So this is really interesting. And parang, as a fan, parang, and parang hindi ka rin aware that wrestling is fake. It's like these guys are invading the show. Di mo malaman kung is this really part of the act or is this for real? Uh, what I liked here is that they just terrorized everyone. They ruined the ring. Sinira nila buong ringside. They attacked even the commentators. And especially CM Punk and John Cena. So that was like one of my favorite Raw moments. And next would be The Miss cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase to Randy Orton and winning the WWE Championship. So ito, as I said kanina, medyo bago ang pausa wrestling that time. And ako, I haven't fully understood the concept of Money in the Bank back then. Basta ang alam ko lang, you, you can cash in. Pero, I didn't expect that it would be like anytime talaga. Like, kahit kakatapos lang ni Randy Orton lumaban. I didn't expect that to happen. And, wala pa ako sa mindset na, oh, maybe he would cash in at WrestleMania. Wala pa akong ganung type of speculation. Oh boy. Para, para, <laughs> you were so I, young. I, yeah, I, I just uh, react on what I see. Okay. Pero, hindi ako advanced pag-isip, so to say. Yeah, uh, well, you, you also didn't know that this was happening for five years. So this is how they had done it for five, four years for that, by that time. Yeah. But, I mean, they explained the rules, pero parang, okay, didn't expect that it would be uh, this very instant, like immediately following the match of Randy Orton. They would allow this guy to cash in. I'd say I would be the angry Miss Boy of the Philippines. Okay, sure. Right, right, right. Lastly, uh, it would be the CM Punk pipe bomb. So... Ito yung, like what I said before, dati nung bata ako, hindi ko naiintindihan why he's so mad. Why Punk lashing out on Vince McMahon, everyone in the crowd, John Cena, everybody in the back. Basta nagre-reklamo siya. And I thought he was the bad guy dahil reklamador siya. Pero he's actually telling the truth. That's what we should realize is that heels are always right. Kahit nung, ano, uh, when CM Punk was the leader of Straight Edge Society or when after he cashed in on Jeff Hardy, parang he's always right. Even though it might sound uh, insensitive, he's always right. Pero, na-realize ko din nga na tama siya. Pero, looking back right now, with all that happened during the brawl out, talking too much can get you in trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite Raw moments for the ones that are pretty surprising. So the punk pipe bomb is definitely among those. Uh, the page main roster call up because that wasn't rumored as well. They didn't really rumor NXT call ups back then. Uh, the Nexus debut was also pretty fun. They, they also did not rumor that. So when it all happened, we were all pretty shocked. So those are my three things. I couldn't remember much from the Ruthless Aggression era. Because Raw wasn't always that great back then. So you, know, sorry, you were saying? I was saying Katie Vick. 
baka nabutan mo <laughs> No, hindi ko nabutan ng Katie Vick. I wasn't watching Raw regularly back then. And the live sex celebration isn't really something that aged well. Sorry, Fred. Um, it was controversial, yes, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite <laughs> Raw moment as well. The Raw where Cena threw Edge off of Long Island Sound <laughs> was pretty funny. Uh, let's read through some of your favorite Raw moments. Um, we have Fred uh, also shares Rowan's pick of the Miz cashing in money in the bank. Uh, the Stone Cold beer bath to the corporation, also pretty fun. Uh, Fred also names the 2013 Raw after Mania, where everyone was mad at John Cena for beating The Rock. Okay, people still hated Cena well into the 2010s. Julian also says the beer truck thing. The Rock concerts, yeah, that was pretty funny. Although they went so over time because The Rock just likes hearing himself talk. Jeff Hardy stage dive, the pipe bomb, Brian's face turn versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, Inas, um, the beer bath as well. Leo also says the DX moments. A lot of the DX f- stuff was fun. Albert names the Festival of Friendship. Yes, that was also oh, a great raw moment. Oh, yeah, man. that the was festival. good. I <laughs> <laughs> that week. Parang si uh, Gorgan or was it Champa? Like one of them tweeted. Was uh, oh one yeah, of them tweeted <laughs> uh, putting the TV away because yeah. one of them might get smashed. <laughs> so hilarious. Uh, Leo also brings up the 14-minute exchange between John Cena and Roman Reigns where Cena dug deep and redeemed himself in the eyes of the audience of the universe. Uh, Albert also mentions uh, Triple H helping Kevin Owens win the Universal Championship against Seth Rollins. So, uh, yeah, Glendale cites a ruthless aggression era Classic in which Cena versus Shawn Michaels, they went a whole hour in an Iron Man match, I believe it was. No, so, yeah. I don't think it's an Iron Man match. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. It's just a normal singles match. No, I say it was weird. Over so they, I, I, an hour. I think it was uh, Shawn and Kurt Angle who went, who did the Iron Man match. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. I, I have a question regarding this one. The yes. one-hour match. Or the, the one-hour a one-hour match between Cena and Shawn Michaels. Ah. Those who... Na, kung nito, when it was still on Jack TV, was, there, was this broadcasted as like the whole yes. match? Or, yes. Or cannot uh, Okay. See, Jack TV and Solar did not cut the shows. All right. Uh, they cut the pay-per-views because the pay-per-views were long. But the shows were the shows were um, broadcast as they were. So, see si RPN chaka si Studio Twenty Three lang ang cut for time. Uh, right. Solar TV apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Solar TV is RPN. So yeah. 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 The, but you know that was a free <laughs> TV. I said the cable networks, the, the cable channels did not cut uh, the the shows. Leo also brings up the infamous. Springboard to the super kick spot by Shawn Michaels to Shelton Benjamin will also be a, a legendary moment for a lot of people. Uh, one thing I also remember was the uh, was the draft, the 2004 draft. So that was pretty fun as well. I just remembered uh, something. Sorry, what? last pick na lang siguro. It's the first pandemic episode of Raw. Yes, uh-huh. I remember that. <laughs> I, I, I was shocked. Like. I remember the Austin 316 
they they were about to celebrate it. Tapos, uh, Raw has to have no crowd because you know the COVID restrictions. Kaya naka panibago like Stone Cold entering the arena, no crowd reaction. Hindi pa sila nagpapipe in ng ano like ng sounds from 2K uh, whatever 2K20. Uh, and see Byron lang yung which it's really awkward. Uh, it was also fun in a way, pero yeah, we have to go through that uh, those times. Uh yeah. Well, when when we like celebrate like five years of the pandemic, <laughs> we probably will, <laughs> but not now because nobody wants to remember the performance center era. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is Ina. pa siyang huling pahabol. Um, Dean versus Seth for the WWE Championship. Uh, that ended in a draw. Big Dave yes. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> <Fred> <laughs> of all the things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mankind won the WWE Championship. Tito Fred, the live episode of Raw, where uh, the taped episode of Raw, rather, where Mankind won the championship. Then he also has the DX uh, tank segment. John Cena. Chris Jericho's debut on that Raw from 1999. Network. All right. Alright. Just to end this now, um, I think a lot of us wrestling fans, we take Raw for granted because it's been in existence for so long. But before Raw, wrestling was just you know, syndication lang siya, and it would just be match after match after match. But we have to give credit for to Raw for being revolutionary in professional wrestling in terms of inserting storylines in your TV shows. And napaka-revolutionary lang yan. Like, today, sanay na tayo with the format of Raw, but back then, it was really revolutionary. And you got these other companies who tried to emulate the weekly format shows, Nitro, ano pa ba, yung Impact, hell, Dynamite. Without Raw, the weekly format of wrestling wouldn't exist. It would still be like the territory days where once in a while it will be on TV and you'll get to catch it, but you'll never know when it's going to appear again. So change shaped this a whole new generation of wrestling fans that Raw deserves so much credit for. Without Raw, I don't think the world of wrestling would be as big and as popular as it is today. So just want to give Raw some love here before... Uh, I want to add a point to Emil that back then, I was actually listening to The Bump last night. Uh, Shawn Michaels was there talking about Raw, Raw 30. And he mentioned that uh, having uh, Monday Night Wrestling is unusual. Because back then, what they would do is every weekend, wrestling was a weekend thing. Yeah, it's a weekend thing. Yeah, they have to learn everything ng live. Like they have to learn like how to come back from commercial break. Like but they would have that sequence na yung babyface would be the down the guy who's down now pag commercial break is over. They have to learn everything from scratch. And then through the years na turo nila in the next generation. And just like what Emil said, parang ganun na rin yung naging format in other companies like Impact, even in AW and so on. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything Emil said, but also as a local wrestler, uh, Raw kind of, you know, did a number on fans' <laughs> expectations of wrestling here in the Philippines. Like, yep. <laughs> uh, now Pinoy fans wanted, you know, PWR and MWF to have weekly television shows. And 
people expected them to be on TV, even though we were far from ready for being on TV. Shepard, it's great, the major league wrestlers, to, to have something that keeps them relevant, especially now. And it's definitely a good thing for wrestling to be a big thing because it airs every week on TV. It's great for them because they have a long and storied wrestling industry. But for the rest of us, we can only really do like monthly show. And that's how the stories get told. I don't know if Raw is still a grail, but um, it's also worth mentioning, by the way. Uh, see Fred mentions here in the chat. Nung panahon na okay pa si Vince. Vince wasn't really ever okay, you know? There was a reason why WCW was better in the 90s than WWE. And there was a reason why um, the Attitude Era came a little late after WCW's prime. So the only good thing that Vince ever did really was to make Raw, to make the television show. But he wasn't the one's really writing its best parts. We see this now with Triple H. He's the one writing good Raws, not not really Vince. And his wrestlers are carrying the quality of the show. I say if they weren't wrestling their asses off, then uh, Raw would be super unwatchable, I think. And to Glendale, early 90s WWE was filled with crazy gimmicks. I think if you if you would watch the early years of Raw now, you would see how ridiculous it was outside of the of the big names that you knew back then, like Cena, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, those guys. So that's actually true. That's actually true. Exactly, right? I say, for my experience, like there's actually a free Raw episode uh, over on YouTube. Uh, the f- very first episode of Raw. Hindi ko siya matapos because I, I just find it ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. So Raw wasn't always good. It was just groundbreaking, yes, but that doesn't mean it was good. It's also proof, I guess, that uh, the weekly television wrestling show isn't always a hit idea for a lot of reasons because it's hard to tell. Um, it's hard to tell a story when you have to involve live elements. Like people can get injured anytime. Uh, accidents can happen anytime. So it's not really the best format for episodic storytelling, but it is what it is, and we have it here, and that's why wrestling is the way it is uh, now, in 2013, in 2023. Um, people are talking about it, so I wanted to ask you, this is your graduation question from your ASH program. What is the best Raw theme? Oh, no. <laughs> I can already <laughs> tell you all got graduate. Oh exactly. my god. <laughs> so yeah, let's hear it. Let's uh, well, hear obviously, it. Obviously, Yun would be across the nation, but I would contradict that. I'll I'll say burn it to the ground since Dunakolumare. <laughs> Same. Actually, um I'll agree here with Rowan as well. No, you know Butako was burn burned to the ground, eh? And I love I love I love the Ura intro. I love the raw theme song of that. So, you know, burn to the ground. Um, yeah, like, depending on kasi, I think, sa perspective ng kusini tata ng way. If you're gonna ask someone who grew up in the <laughs> attitude era, maybe they're gonna say, uh, yung, yung no, the, ng raw, that raw the, theme was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> it was iconic, but it was bad. <laughs> or if, if someone grew up from the ruthless ag- aggression era, they're gonna say, oh, it's easy across the nation. So, or yung to be loved by, uh, Papa Roach. So, it really depends, but I think you know. Um, 
when because we answered burn to the ground, I feel like you could guess yung ages namin ni Rowan. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. We picked if we picked like tonight is the night. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> I don't like that. that <laughs> we have that to bear the... with that for like six years. Tapos, uh, it's always uh, oh the authority. Oh no! I actually scrubbed that from my memory because it started getting interesting again when they got NF for the theme. Ang pangit lang yun kasi they changed the intros and the theme. I think regularly. Eh. It's not like they would stick uh, like, to one be. song. It's it's not like one song. It would expand. It would be for years. Now I'm not even sure what the theme song of was. I, I don't know what it is, but I like it. I like <laughs> uh, I like today's theme song. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, but, but mostly yeah, because so. I like rap and uh, I like it when they would use uh, hip hop themes because it, it's wrestling. Everybody uses rock and metal and wrestling. That's so stereotypically white male. Like, uh, so so boring. But Chempre, my answer is across the nation. So that's uh, that's how I know that you two will be ASHs for a little while longer. <laughs> yeah. All right, I have a last question. Um, yeah, go ahead. We all agree that. Ever since Raw turned three hours, hindi na siya enjoyable. Yes, but I also get it. Um, if you would read some of my reviews from before, uh, the roster is so big and there are so many talented wrestlers that you kind of do need three hours to showcase all of them. Because Rowan, you watch SmackDown now and one of your problems with SmackDown is that they would run these quick matches that don't really amount to much. Uh, Raw didn't have that problem even when Vince was in charge because uh, he could go as long as he wanted because they have three hours to fill and uh, that's where I get the part but I also I don't like having to sit through two hours and 20 minutes without commercials so I get you there the problem with Smackdown being two hours lang mga the matches are quick another problem would be like having multi-person matches and napansin mo lately, like in the women's division, puro number one contenders match, uh, multi-women. Uh, but it, it's getting lazy. I, I wish what they would do next time is like a tournament. But anyways, that's SmackDown we're talking about, Raw. Yeah. Um, three hours, yes. But Dynamite also proves that you can do a lot with two hours. The only problem with Dynamite, the man, is you only have one women's match. So there's that. So... There's a lot of different pros and cons with three hours. Like, oh, I'm starting to become a three-hour apologist, but only because I have the time to watch it and I make time to watch it. But I totally get it. Uh, I don't like sitting through uh, a three-hour show as well. Uh, Emil, what do you think? May, ano, may pros and cons name, just like Glendale said uh, in comments. There are pros and cons in three hours. If there's so much that is happening, three hours is great. If there's so much storylines is going on, so much matches, if you need a long match, for example, one example of this one, remember the gauntlet match from 2018 when Seth Rollins, I think that was his, one of the best matches he had in his career where yung tumagal siya from the start of the match until the first hour of, of Raw. You won't get that in a two-hour Raw because they... They would also need some other people or other matches. But because of the three-hour format, you can have those special moments where you could go as long as, as you want, just like what Rose said here. But it can feel like it's a like it's dragging. The three hours, it 
can feel like it's almost like four or five. So, ganun lang din. So, may mga times na the three hours is necessary. That's why I like that Raw has permanently transitioned to three hours so that they could they could go as long as they want without cutting cutting most of cutting most of the segments that you know nagusulin din nilang eere so Glendale yeah I do actually want a three hour SmackDown um because I love this I no I love the SmackDown roster uh the only reason why you don't like it is because they don't have time to show you what they can do uh the SmackDown roster is so good and they're so handicapped because SmackDown is a two hour show but sempre I I don't I don't want to impose that as well because that's another hour that you guys have to watch just to keep up with all the wrestling nowadays. And I get it. So that's why SmackDown has to rotate its cast every week. So you don't always get uh, a 10-minute or 12-minute uh, Gunther Intercontinental Championship defense. Right? So as much as Siguro, you want. Siguro, if SmackDown would have like a trial, Halimbawa, like what Raw do back in the day, like remember Slammy, ep- Slammy's would be like three hours. There are Specific episodes that would be three hours long, lang. Tapos no commercial breaks, pa, diba? So maybe they can do that for SmackDown. Like if they want to, para mag experiment lang sila. If they want it to be three hours. Yeah, uh, but still, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, one last thing I will say is that uh, the the fact, the thing that saved Raw after it went three hours is that. Triple H stocked up a lot of good workers, wrestlers in NXT. And before that, uh, in FCW. So they got saved by the modern style of wrestling and how how good the new guys or this current generation is. So yeah, uh, that's a lot of talk about Raw. Uh, we do have apparently we had a lot of feelings about Raw <laughs> and the anniversary, but rightfully so though, because it is the longest running weekly episodic wrestling show on TV. And it there is a reason why it has lasted this long. All right, so that brings us to the end of the show. Sempre, we don't have picks of the week anymore here on the live stream. We moved it to an audio-only episode. So please listen to that. We'll uh, come back with the next week's episode on Tuesday. Leave your picks of the week there in the comments of that Facebook post. So dunyunay iwan. And uh, we'll talk about all your picks there. And... Yeah, we'll have a lot of fun. So before we f- formally end the show, guys, do you have any plugs to get in before we do before we go? Oh, uh, all I can plug is you know I mentioned is the audio only episode of the first ever pick of the week episode. Yes, so sir. We, yeah, again we talked about Brian Danielson versus Konoske Takesh. Uh, Takeshi, Takeshi, we did. Did we actually? Uh, yeah, we did. We did. Sorry. Yeah, yeah we, we did. Pick uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake, I, I have bad memory. <laughs> Uh, Jake DeLeon versus Fabio Makisig and Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada teaming up and so much more. Yes. All right. Uh, Emil. All right. Ayun, uh, plug ko na din yung uh, pick of the week. Now, I really had fun doing that. And uh, so now that we're going to do it regularly, so that's a good thing. No? So please listen to that on, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And also follow me on TikTok at EML underscore Meister22. I just post sports opinions uh sports videos there so uh if you want some sports opinions just follow me there also i'm on twitter at email underscore meister and uh that's you like the video ni emil na like mr perfect behind the back <laughs> that was pretty cool yeah, that, was that, was, that was a that cool was... shot that was a cool shot 
my plugs first. I am a guest on the latest episode of Wrestling After Work. It is my first interview as a wrestling commentator. Just go search Wrestling After Work on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts over there. And go check it out. It's a really fun interview. It's a lot different from the type of podcast that we do here in the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. So I hope to do more of those. And I guarantee you, you will have a lot of fun listening to it. Siempre, uh, if please support local wrestling, Manila Wrestling Federation is on Gank. Just go to manilawrestling.com to sign up. For only $10, you can pay via credit card, debit card, or GCash. That's around 600 pesos. Uh, you get to watch our shows uh we just finished putting out the last live event of 2022 not it was uh, separated in parts you can find there your pick of the week Rowan, which is jake de leon versus fabio makisig for the mwf championship and a whole bunch of other great stuff you can listen to my commentary if you've been hearing it on social media there's there's more where that came from Yon, uh, please follow us on tiktok as well wrestling at wrestling 2 xpod and follow everyone on the Twitter. Uh, I'm at Rose War. He is at Monday Night Rowan. At EML underscore Meister. Stan is at underscore Stan C. Chino is at underscore Chino Supersize. And the podcast is at Wrestling 2X Pod. Good. So sorry for an extra long episode. We didn't think we would go this long uh, when we planned it out. But we had a lot of fun, didn't we? So thank you again to our <laughs> nice friends, our babyface producers and staff and team at Podcast Network Asia. In a couple of weeks, we will be having our first live episode at the studio at the brand new Podcast Network Asia Studios in Pasig. Rowan will not be there, unfortunately. Uh, Emil will be there. Stan will be there. I will be there. And we will have a lot of fun. We will be dissecting the fallout from the Royal Rumble after it happens. All right, guys. Please uh, have a good night. Be safe. Please wear your seatbelts if you are driving outside. Have a great Lunar New Year. Gong si fa Kung hei fa Whichever language you prefer. Uh, get money. And have a good night. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.